Hello, my name is Fergal Glynn and I'm the VP of Marketing at DocuRated. Thank you all for listening and today it's my pleasure to introduce Sangram Vijare, who is the co-founder and CMO at Terminus, the account-based marketing company, and also Sangram is founder at Flip My Funnel. Today, Sangram is going to talk to us about sales marketing alignment. He will give you some ideas of account-based campaigns that you can run within your own companies. And we're also, luckily enough, going to get Sangram's views about the future of account-based marketing and sales. Welcome, Sangram. Thank you for joining our show. Thanks, man. Really excited to be here. It would be great, Sangram, if you could start by giving an introduction to yourself. As Sargo said, I'm the CMO and co-founder here at Terminus. Uh, we're an account-based marketing platform. Prior to this, uh, I ran marketing at Pardot and went to the acquisition of Exact Target and Salesforce. So went from a really small startup company to a really big, massive uh, company uh, in a matter of like months. And I felt like my my time there felt like eternity, given that there were so many things I learned from from a startup company to a mid-sized to a large company, all happening at the same time, uh, while I was still just managing uh, the same kind of thing, which is the product marketing part of it uh, for Pardot. So really, really excited about that. Uh, and part of that, I had like all kinds of role in like demand gen and like, you know, just different types of things that I've, I've, I've tried to be part of until I found that marketing was something I'm really passionate about. Um, for, you know, some something that happened uh, miraculously is probably the right word for it is that I happened to also write a book on account-based mar- uh, marketing uh, published by Bali's um, uh, this year, which was really, really fascinating because when we jumped into the idea of co-founding this company and also um, the idea of account-based marketing, there wasn't enough, right? And now you feel like there's too much for some people. Uh, but there wasn't enough. There were not enough people and players that understood account-based marketing. And I was the last person that would go and claim that I know any and everything about uh, a specific topic. So it was really uh, that yeah, I ended up interviewing uh, like hundreds of amazing practitioners, thought leaders uh, in both sales and marketing to understand like what is account-based marketing from their perspective, why is it important, and ended up creating and writing this book. What is Sip My Funnel? What is the catalyst? And what are your goals for the community? So, uh, you know, along the way, I also founded Flip My Funnel, which is really, you know, hashtag, if you will. But also, you can go to flipmyfunnel.com. So, the idea really came, and I have to give credit where credit is due, to really the MarTech conference that Scott Brinker runs uh, in San Francisco. So, I was at this conference uh, last year in February, and I was trying to understand what, again, still like everybody else, like, you know, what is account-based marketing and, and really felt like this is something we wanted to do as a company. But there were a lot of answers, uh, questions that are unanswered, right? So I was in San Francisco meeting Scott Brinker, Jill Raleigh, and many of the people just kind of uh, understanding their take on a lot of these things and meeting them for the very first time. Uh, and on the flight back from San Francisco to Atlanta, I uh, I was sitting in the middle seat, um, the middle seat, and I had two people uh, right next to me that were extremely drunk, and I was just trying to get myself in a zone. And it's a five-hour flight from San Francisco to Atlanta, so I had a lot of time to kill. And I had a pen and a napkin, and I started drawing the funnel that we all know, which is 
you know, the, the funnel that is kind of skinny fast, right? Really broad at the top and skinny at the bottom. And I flipped that. And uh, out of pure curiosity, started writing different stages of the funnel. If I have to reimagine the funnel, what would it look like? And uh, came up with the idea of uh, flip my funnel, uh, which is really kind of the four stages that, that if you flip the funnel, that we know the traditional funnel on its head, it would be narrow at the bottom and broad at uh, narrow at the top and broad at the bottom, right? As opposed to to the way traditional funnel is. So the top is identify right companies. The second is expanding the reach within those companies, as opposed to like, getting everybody involved. Uh, the third one is to engage people on their terms, and finally the fourth one is to turn them into advocates. And this simple four step is, is, you know, to me, it was like, yeah, this is cool. And I wrote a blog about it when I came came back to Atlanta and the blog kind of went viral. And they said, hey, this is great. Nobody has challenged the status quo of the funnel for years, uh, for a decade and a half. We all have been looking at this traditional funnel, which is really broad at the top and very skinny at the bottom. Doesn't work for us. As a matter of fact, less than 1% of the leads turn into customers. So if you think about from a marketing and sales perspective, they're spending a tremendous amount of time to find that 1% that hopefully will turn into customers. Um, so there's a lot of wasted time, money, energy, resources, and this new concept of flipping funnel kind of became trendy. Um, and a lot of people say, hey, we want to know how it's done. And I'm like, I have no idea how it's done. I feel like this is a great concept philosophically, but I wasn't sure if this actually aligned with a tool, processes, strategies, or anything like that. So ended up kind of having a conference, uh, you know, kind of designed in Atlanta, uh, which is my hometown, to, to bring the best and the brightest people together and say, hey, let's just talk about this idea of flip my funnel. And that conference all of a sudden blew up. And we had like 350 people at 10, and it was like, you know, on number one on, on Twitter on the trending in terms of hashtag. And then long story short, we ended up doing like seven different conferences in less than a year and a half in different cities uh, from Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, um, uh, you know, Austin. And, and it, was, it has been really, really good every time we did a conference. And it's every two months, we would do a full-day conference with 20, 30, 40 sometimes speakers coming in and speaking at the conference. Went from like five sponsors to about 40 sponsors when we were doing the last one in Boston. And it has been tremendous where, where it seems like and really the community has really started to grow. And all I can say is that I've learned in the last year and a half as, as part of the flip of my funnel was it's really the community who's driving it. So, so we are really, um, I'm really privileged uh, myself. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes, Nikki, who is the director of flip my funnel here at Terminus, who just runs this community engagement and conferences, uh, which is really bringing people together to solve a common problem that we all have, which is that less than 1% of the leads turn into customers. What do you think is working well in the world of account-based marketing and where the areas you feel both the providers and also your end users, the customers, they actually need to improve to be able to get more value out of what we're doing around account-based marketing? First of all, I would say that account-based marketing is a strategy not a tool, not a product. So if anybody says, and I tell that to our own customers here at Terminus, that just because Terminus has the, probably the most majority of the uh, cu customers in the account base since we have been really going at it and leading uh, the way uh, in the category, it doesn't really mean if somebody's using Terminus that, that they do account based marketing. They just use one of, our, one of the tools that, that's out there like ourselves 
um, to do economist marketing. But it's really a mindset. It's really a change in strategy. So the number one thing I would say to everyone who's thinking about economist marketing or starting to do some economist marketing is that don't look at tools as a way to do economist marketing. The first and the most important thing is figuring out, do we know which accounts we want to go after? It goes back to the flip my funnel philosophy, right? The identifying the right accounts that you want to go after and then expanding the reach within those accounts so that you're getting your message in front of all those influencers on their terms is really the crux of economist marketing, which might just mean that, you know, you may have to just call people up because your target audience is so small. It might just mean that you should be doing direct mail as opposed to display advertising because your target audience responds well to direct mail as opposed to advertising. It might just mean that because your target audience is so large and so, so many that you need to do more of a scaled approach of account-based marketing as opposed to going very specific one-on-one -on -one personalization, especially when you're trying to get your message in front of a lot more targeted audience, right? So, so it's really important to, just through those use cases that you can hear, it's really important to kind of make sure we know exactly what the use case is and what kind of aligns with it. Uh, and, so in t and in terms of, that's kind of more of just understanding and having the mindset for accountable marketing. And in terms of your second question, Farrell, I feel like the, the idea around uh, what needs to have and what a, what a true, let's say, idiom stack looks like, like what should be the tools and things that I should have and, and maybe what's missing today that I can see in account-based marketing. I feel like there are enough number of tools already and I wouldn't be surprised if there are 10 more, 20 more that pumps up in the next year or so uh, just because the category is so hot uh, and it makes sense philosophically for companies to move in that direction. I feel like what's missing right now beyond the strategy aspect of it is the mindset of marketers moving beyond um, the demand gen function. So most marketers are really focused on just doing lead base, lead generation, trying to get marketing qualified leads into the funnel and look at that as a success. And time and time again, I'll go back to the same stat I shared earlier, which is less than 1% of the leads turn into customers. If that's true, that means marketers need to start performing more activities beyond the early stage of the funnel, right? So they really need to flip it. They really need to focus on pipeline velocity and trying to help salespeople close deals and things like that. And that's where account-based marketing shines because once you know that an opportunity has been created, you already know that account is interested and, and they want to buy. They're going to buy from you. They're going to buy from your competitors. That's when you really need to pull all of your uh, resources of the company together from sales and marketing and success to drive that account to close. And I think that's one of the mis biggest missed opportunities that I see out there today. What are your thoughts on just how sales and marketing alignment and also account-based marketing and selling work with each other or next to each other? So here at Terminus, like sales and marketing, like the one, they all report into to, to me as a co-founder of the company um, and that's one of the biggest reasons we have done it such, such that because we wanted to make sure everybody's aligned. Like marketers don't have a lead goal uh, on the team here at Terminus. They, I don't even know how many leads we get on a monthly basis or weekly basis. What we know is that here's a list of target accounts that we want to go after. We're trying to enable our sales team to make sure they're able to personalize their messaging and to go after those accounts. We are enabling the marketers to, to make create content to attract these accounts inbound uh, or to kind of give air cover to them. Um, but really, to, to going back to the crux of the question that you're asking, I feel like it goes back to the definition of account-based marketing. We like to define it as it is focused B2B marketing. 
And the reason I want to kind of spell that out a little bit is because it's important to understand that it cannot be successful if marketers are running their plays in vacuum. So focused, which means we're only going to do things that are going to drive revenue and pipeline and brand for your company, right? We're not going to do things in silos. So it has to be something that we have to focus on very, very. And that means we know the list of accounts and we know the message that we want to go after, right? That has to be crystal clear. If you don't have that, then this whole thing is just uh, just a great thing to try. But I don't think companies are going to find a ton of good answers and results out of it if they don't align on the focus part. The second part is B2B, and I say that because it's putting B back into B2B, right? It's the idea that it is an account. No salesperson closes uh, closes John or Lisa or something like that, right? They know if you ask the salesperson, well, hey, but what did you close? You say, I just closed IBM. I just closed Microsoft or whatever the account they closed. So they all are referring to account, and they know there are so many people part of the decision-making process. And if marketing can work and work with sales together to make sure that they're able to give air cover to all the decision makers and influencers, then they're really helping the sales team, right? So that's B2B. And the third part is marketing, which means marketing, if they're doing anything in silo, anything that they want to do that they feel is going to drive revenue and sales is not aware of it or sales is not leveraging it, we're only doing maybe 5 or 10% of what your potential value can be. So this whole idea of focused B2B marketing is real. And there is data to support it. I think Serious Decisions and some other great uh, advisory forms have put out there that there's uh, there's only 15%, like I think it was Topo who put like, there's only 15% of the target accounts that are typically penetrated by one of the like really fast-growing companies. So imagine if we can penetrate 100% of the target audience. And the reason it's only 15% is because sales and marketing are not working together. What are the best account-based campaigns that your company have run or you've seen any of your partners or customers run? So I'll give you two examples, and hopefully it will resonate with people. The first example is a company called WP Engine. They're based out of Austin, Texas, and they spoke at one of the Flickmaffner conferences, so I know that. Uh, you know that this was the example that they really excited they were excited about and they had both head of sales and head of marketing co-presenting at the conference so which just meant so much uh, in terms of alignment and their example was this very simply they wanted to make sure they had a list of accounts they want to go after what marketing did was they used uh, and I'm just going to use Terminus as an example but people can apply that generally but they used Terminus for example to go ahead and start advertising and getting their message in front of all the people that are decision makers in those target companies that sales and marketing leaders together uh, uh, agreed to focus on. So let's say there were 100 accounts that they agreed to focus on. So they warmed up those accounts for the first about two to three weeks, and no salespeople was allowed to reach out to them. So really warming up the accounts was a strategy. And then once they were done warming up the account and getting the brand in front of them across mobile, Facebook, web, video, online, all digital channels, and I think they also probably did direct mail, and they warmed up the account so that their brand was something familiar with these accounts, then they essentially had salespeople start calling them up. And as soon as sales started to call and email them, they started, I think, upwards of 20 to 50% increase in their connect ratio or setting up demos ratio uh, or just the fact that they would receive responses like opening 
of emails, like metrics that actually do show engagement for them. Uh, and, and this was like literally two months ago. So I need to follow up in terms of actual revenue and pipeline results. But from a sales demo perspective, this was one of the most important thing and the most valued thing they did was a commitment of sales and marketing to work together, warm up the accounts with at scale advertising and direct mail campaign, and then letting the salespeople use the time more effectively on focusing on accounts that had higher engagement. And they were able to see a much higher demo setup ratio, which was, to me, mind-blowing. That was, like, great. This is true demand generation. So I love that example uh, from WP Engine when they shared a flip on fall. The second example uh, was coming from uh, Jim Williams, who's the VP of Marketing at Influitive, uh, based in Boston. And they spoke at another conference where they increased the velocity. So the one thing that I love when marketers do is when they focus on pipeline velocity. Because, as I shared earlier, pipeline velocity is the least leveraged kind of activity by sales and marketing team. I think everybody should be all over uh, to drive, uh, convert more of the pipeline to deals because they have already raised their hand and say that we're ready to buy. Like they should absolutely be all in on those. So with that being said, what they were able to do when they actually focused on pipeline and ran ads and did direct mail and did all kinds of activities to focus on pipeline, they saw that the velocity at which the deals got closed was higher by 10 days which means they saved 10 more days every single time they did pipeline velocity campaigns. And when you aggregate that over a period of year, you can imagine that for a company of at scale that Influitive is or uh, any company that is doing things at scale, they would be saving hundreds of thousands of hours for themselves, for marketing, for sales, for success. Uh, imagine how much more money they can bring in the, in the table. So, so I think those two examples, one is really at the head of everybody, ahead of the pack, which is warming up accounts. And the second one, which is about type and velocity, like really diving deep into accounts that matter, really for me are one of the top tier examples of really smart companies doing amazing things. So how does tailoring and our personalization play a role in account-based marketing? You got two challenges. And I was actually in the sales meeting this morning where this came up, where you know, you have this idea of like, all right, I can do more with my time and more might mean uh, more emails sent, more calls done, more activities, right? Especially as the sales or SDR teams that most companies have now, which is an outbound sales development team. And they're looking at eight, nine hours in a day. How do I do the most so I can touch more people and get, you know, and hopefully I'll get more results. And then you have this other idea of like, hey, I know, I know, and everybody knows they're in their gut that if I personalize my email or my message, I'm going to get a better response rate. If nothing else, I'll get a response, right? So you are caught into the, into the, the middle that, one, I can do a ton of things at scale, which I know not 100% good. I know I won't be giving the best experience, but people who are ready to buy, at least I'll get my message in front of them and somebody will trickle down versus if I hyper-personalize it, I might get a response. I might see engagement, but if they're not ready to buy, they're not going to buy from me. Right. So this, they are, they, I think most sales and, and, and operations and marketing teams are kind of um, uh, are focused on like trying to figure out what the right balance is. And the reality and the answer to that question, which I absolutely hate to give, but it's true, is the balance there. Right. Is that there needs to be a tiering of accounts that needs to be done in every single organization if they want to do account based marketing, which means they're going to tier accounts that says here are the list of accounts. Uh, and let's say they were, just for simplicity's sake, let's say they were enterprise, mid-market, and enterprise. These are the three tiers that you want to focus on. 
tier one could be enterprise where you have to personalize and that's the only way to get your foot in the door and you can do mass emails and mass scale you have to know who you're talking to and, and personalize your message through calls through emails through direct mails through vip dinners or inviting them to certain things all those things are fair game the mid-market could be a little bit at scale, like, all right, you don't need to personally need, know them, but you at least need to know what the company does, what their expectations are, and how you can relate the message to them so that it's a little bit more at least industry-oriented to that that they care about. Um, and it needs to have a little bit more personalization of if it's a financial services, then here's a financial services case study. If it is, uh, you know, if if if, the, if they're based in Boston, then there's the introduce and talk about something happening in Boston. At some level of personalization, may not be at the individual level, but something that will still resonate with them as a company and as as, as something that they would grasp it. And the third one could be SMB, where you don't really have to at the end of the day, care about them because there are too many SMB companies and you can be okay with a generic message to all of them saying that, hey, look, we solved a landing page problem. That's what your company does. And here's what we do. And check it out if you're interested, let us know, right? And you could go and get away with that because nobody cares. It's going to be like 10 bucks a month. So a general message will work. So I feel like it's really, really important. And I know it probably doesn't sound sound really good answer, but if companies tier the right account in the right category and focus on the right accounts with the right kind of message, not every, because not every account is the same, then they can get better results. I think the problem happens is when they look at every account the same way and try to treat every account the same way. Like what deals are too small for personalization? What deals might be in the middle in terms of the level of effort you should put in? And then above what dollar value of an average selling price, it, does it really pay off to have that high level of personalization? Clearly, you shouldn't be spending more money um, than on an account than it's going to pay you, right? So I look at accounts, or we look at here at Terminus, look at saying what is the lifetime value of a, uh, of, you know, starting to assess what is the lifetime value of a of a customer or how much sales and marketing dollars we need to spend for one dollar of sales and marketing, how long it's gonna go, and is the value of that account much, you know, can we get get back the money from it if you're able to do this? And how much what is our risk tolerance on that one? Is it 10 months, 12 months? So let's say we can get money back on an account uh, within 12 months after they start, and, and let's say it's a thousand bucks per month kind of stuff, so then maybe I'm I'm okay spending thousand bucks per for each of those accounts over a period of time, not instantly, but over a period of time. So it really kind of boils down to the appetite and what kind of uh, levers that, that we have. But you are absolutely right on the fact that there needs to be a conscious decision of where do you put your money. And so as an example, Dreamforce is coming up uh, you know, next two weeks. And we know, and I see, I get a lot of direct mail lately uh, as a CMO in my title. So I get a lot of direct mail. And, and I can see that people are spending a lot of money on those direct mails. And, and I'm assuming they're looking at me and saying, oh, he's a CMO. But I don't know if they're looking at me and saying that, hey, what size company is he running? Finally, how do you, how do you see the space evolving over the next five years? I think it's a very futuristic, so let's see, you know, we'll come back five, after five years and then look at this recording and say, you know, how good we were at predicting stuff. Um, but I think it's, let, let me start there. I think uh, the five-year market is very interesting. I look at things happening in five years in marketing. Um, and it has been true for the last few, you know, last decade or a half or so. So if you look at 2000s, 
where uh, where everybody was doing trying to do email marketing. That's when Exact Target and companies like that came came about, um, and they did really well. And you know, in, you know, fast forward 2005, you know, everybody was doing email, and they saw that was well, great. A minute, if we can do email, we need to capture these leads somewhere, um, and we need to automate some of these things. And you know, long and behold, we have marketing automation came to life. So that's what happened in 2005. Uh, fast forward 2010, then then everybody looked at this and said, wait a minute, we got too many leads. We need to kind of you know put a break on it because not all leads are equal. Um, so how do we know which leads to focus on for the sales team? And that's when Predictive came about and say that, hey, maybe we can solve this problem, right? Um, and then fast forward five years, 2015 uh, is like, great. Now that we know which accounts to go after or which leads to go after, it's very important to understand that it's not just the lead, but the entire account that is part of the decision-making process. How do we engage with them and how do we uh, align sales, marketing, success, every single organization together um, to focus on the right accounts because now we have the data to know which accounts to go after. Now we know which accounts have the higher propensity to buy compared to any other account. Now we know that we can align all of our resources in one direction. How do we do that? And that's where I feel account-based marketing is, is really why it's hot. It's not because um, a, few of us, a few of us came together and said, let's do something and make it hot. It was really a need that market clearly had and underserved um, but it has been a result of problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, iteration. So if I have to look five years to answer your question in a long-winded way, if I have to look, look up five years and let's say in 2020 what it will be, I feel like we would be back to the Don Draper era. We'd be back to a place where storytelling will, uh, will offset everything else. We may have more tools, more technology to really target, pinpoint every single person with a message and that is very, very relevant to, to them. But if your message is crappy and if you are not taking the time to understand the person behind the scenes, um, then, then, then it's still not going to work. And that's where we go back to the Mad Men, Don Draper era where messaging was everything, right? So I think there's going to be a rise of product marketing and messaging with account-based marketing. The, the ability to do personalization is only going to get better from tools and technologies. But that's when the dearth of, of good messaging and good marketing is also happening, right? There's a lot of companies and, and marketers that are just doing stuff, checking the box. And I think we're going to see a rise of smart marketers who are really taking the time to touch hearts and souls of their target audience. And that's what will make account-based marketing really, really successful in the next five years.